So many things have been said in his glorification. And many, most, if not all, bear repeating. And at these times, we recall his divine pastimes. But we also like to say something fresh. As Guru Maharaj said about Srila Saraswati Thakur, what I like about my Guru Maharaj is that he is not vomiting what he heard from others. Oh, I see. But saying something fresh. Just a, And so, when Srila Bhakti Sundar Govindadev Goswami Maharaj um, got the inspiration to compose some slokas in glorification of Srila Prabhupada, who he knew intimately as Abhai Charan. We know at number 60, the Kant Banerjee Lane in Calcutta, they used to live together when Gormars is in Navadeep. Srila Govindamars was Gorindu Brahmachari in Calcutta and they have the, like a duplex and part is for, or triplex, Swamiraj's family, his laboratory business and one room for Chaitanya Saraswat Mat. and Gurudev is staying there and distributing back to Godhead <coughs> magazine which Prabhupada started publishing in 1944. The sequence is, he met Saraswati Thakur first in 22, got initiated in 33, started back to Godhead in 44, took Vanaprastha in 55, and then Sanyas, 66 or so, entered America, 77, left the world. It's an easy way to recall important dates. So if Gurudev came in 47, means BT, back to Godhead's already being printed, He's distributing that for Swami Maharaj. He's learning Bhagavad Gita from him. Swami Maharaj is translating Bhagavad Gita. And they take breakfast together. We know Swami Maharaj, Guru Maharaj said, although he was really not wealthy by occupation, and, but it had a very regal manner about him. We all know that. Prabhupada had the movements of a king once in LA in his room. They gave him some new bed to sleep on and, and <laughs> Prabhupada lie back in the bed like that and, and one devotee said, Srila Prabhupada, you look like a king. He said, then bring on the queen. <laughs> They're like, oh. he, another time in Calcutta on a walk, Prabhupada started talking about how beautiful Bengali women were and how the British were enamored by their black hair and black eyes. And, and then finally, one devotee goes like, Krishna's blackish. Like, you know, Prabhupada's in Maya talking about the beauty of Bengali women. Krishna's also blackish. And Prabhupada said, why are you speaking of Krishna when we are talking about Maya? <laughs> That's the picture? Okay. Okay, just put a garland on it and maybe... I think you, could, you should put in a requisition to the Moscow treasurer that we could buy some ink for the printer. I think we're staying here, right? 
in Chiang Mai were likely to continue staying here? Do you think? Do you think we will continue living in Chiang Mai? Then I think we should buy some ink for the cartridge. If we weren't going to stay, we could just use up whatever ink is in the cartridge. But since we're going to keep, probably keep staying here, I mean, we put a down payment on a property, I think we should buy a new cartridge of ink. Anybody disagree? And even a new printer, yeah. A printer, something like they do outside this window. They call it the real world. We know it's a world of illusion. But anyway, just put a garland on it and put it on the asan. Prabhupada wouldn't care. <laughs> I care, though. Just like Guru Maharaj doesn't care about many things. You would be shocked. If Gurudev would not become the acharya of Chaitanya Saraswatmat, Guru Maharaj said, I will give my deities the Puri Maharaj and sh shudder the Mat. That's what he said. And when Gurudev said, but my horoscope doesn't show again. I take your horoscope and throw it in the Ganga. I'm giving you life to 82. But he said, I will give the deities the Puri Maharaj and shut, close the Mat. So he's like that. But Gurudev, he's not like that. He's saying, no, this is the worshipable paraphernalia of my guru. So he will fight to the death to keep it. There's differences this way. Bhaktivinoda Tagore said to Saraswati, he's getting in arguments all the time at school. Krishna conception versus Bengali, Mayavad and other things. And Bhaktivinoda said, I'm worried about you. Bhaktivinoda is not that type of person. He said, I'm worried about you, how you're going to get on in the future. And Guru Maharaj said, Saraswati Thakur said, I'll manage, don't worry about me. <laughs> and when he used to, you know, he didn't start Gaudiamat till he was in his 40s. One of the, he had an occupation as a tutor for a British, wealthy British family. And he used to tell his disciples with some pride that the lady there wrote to, told one, was overheard telling one of her friends, there is this Bengali gentleman who's tutoring our children, but he's like a perfect English gentleman in every way. Because Saraswati Thakur didn't poop in a ditch like the sadhus do. They had to carry around, a, what do they call that toilet? What does Gurudev call it? He calls it the Western one. It's something simple. No, Gurudev has a name. He just calls it the Shaib toilet or the Western style. It's just something very simple. Saraswati Thakur used Western style. So even when they're on the Brajamandal Parikrama, someone's carrying this seat, portable seat around. Just, you know, like a little eye-opening who's the Jati Rajaganai Parise, the Jati Raj. So things are different once you decide to preach. Gurudev said his brother came to him once and said, Prabhu, you've established so many centers. And when he had all the headaches of managing a mission, he said, now why don't you just turn it all over to your disciples and do bhajan? And Saraswati Thakur said, that's not possible anymore. Jai Om Vishnu Pad Paramahansa Parivajaka Charjas the Terrace of the Sri Srimad Srila Bhaktivedanta Shami Prabhupada Ki Jai. 
Guru Maharaj gave the name, actually, Bhaktivedanta. Because Goswami Maharaj, a Prakrita Bhakti Saranga Goswami Maharaj, is like the first sannyas disciple of Guru Maharaj. He was a householder and he had been authorized to do Ritvik by Saraswati Thakur, the only person. And he initiated a lady in England, her name is Vinod Vani. And uh, so people were asking Guru Maharaj for initiation and he is hesitating and not wanting to go that route. So he would always send to Goswami Maharaj because he thought he was authorized Ritvik of Saraswati Thakur, he's safe, he's reliable, he's substantial, go to Goswami Maharaj. One of those was Prabhupada's sister, Bhavatarini Didi Pishima. And she, Goswami Maharaj used to drive her crazy because she makes all this wonderful prasadam and he's doing that like, I'm renounced and don't care. He, he would take everything she made and just mix it all together and eat it like that. Whatever it was. Just pour it all together, mix it up into one thing and eat it that way. And she'd be like, Baba. You know? Anyway, she was sent to him, although she wanted Guru Maharaj. So he, everyone revered Goswami Maharaj, as did Prabhupada. And he had a society, and they wanted to confer a title on Abhay Charan Prabhu for all of his preaching tendencies. And everyone, they had a hint, he's going to do something really substantial. So they gave him a title, Bhakti Siddhanta Das Adhikari. So when that news came to Guru Maharaj, he said, I appreciate him and I appreciate your honoring him, but I have an alternate suggestion. It will be Bhakti Vedanta. And they happily accepted that name. So even the name Bhakti Vedanta comes from Srila Guru Maharaj. That name that would become known all over the world. Bhakti Vedanta, A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada. And A.C. got from Goswami Maharaj. Everyone follows his lead. So he was a Prakrita Prabhu in Gaudiamat because he's a Nityananda Bhangsha. And Saraswati Thakur was saying, he's the real one. So even though he looks like a mundane one, he's the real thing. So call him a Prakrita Prabhu. So he kept it when he became, in India they love uh, double initials. K.K. Birla, C.L. Bajoria, C.R. Das. Let's see, I was trying to find a place in Calcutta once and I go, where is it? And they go, Siaras. I'm going, Siara? Siaras. What? And what they're saying is Chitaranjan Avenue, which everyone calls C.R. Das. Siaras. You know, it's like the time Ramananda had to do some visa thing and leave San Jose and fly up north and he flew to Seattle. I'm saying like, can you say that on TV? Seattle? <laughs> Seattle. He went to Seattle, Washington. Ramananda, where are you coming from? Seattle. I had to fly to Seattle. And you can't say that on TV or in polite company. Anyway, so Goswami Maharaj put A.B. Goswami, like on a business card. You know. They all had K.K., C.L., C.R., so he's A.B., so probably it's A.C., 
Bhaktivedanta Swami, Abhay Charan, Abhay Charan Aravinda, like that. So then he becomes Bhaktivedanta, but he's there with Gurudev, and like, and I saw probably he's like a king, like and very royal, and so breakfast for him is a night is like uh, bati chachari, some fra, or alu baja and hot puris. That's a Prabhupada breakfast. And Gurudev's, you know, moody. And he's saying, Gorindu, you know, have some puris and some sabji. And Gurudev said, ah, I'm taking moody. And Prabhupada said, that is simply cheating the stomach. Or as Radhanath Swami told Gurudev in his last meeting with him, he's telling the same story because it's a great delight for Gurudev. And he said, that you are committing stomach aparad. <laughs> so like that and you can imagine he's the one who said of Gurudev's writing Cholerpate you are a transcendental humorist people are not interested so much in philosophy but with your humor and it's, it's impossible to talk about Gurudev inevitably without saying something fun funny like the time he said to me that one of our dear friends I mean I could say who it is he, he was in the end known as Bhakti Premik Siddhanti Maharaj, but let's just say Chidananda Prabhu, and that way we can. And he said something that was a little inaccurate, and Gurudev goes, To err is human, and he's very human. <laughs> and many things. A guy wrote a letter from South uh, Mauritius saying, You'll be very excited to know I'm getting married this weekend. And Gurudev said, the excitement is in him, not in me. <laughs> and many things like that. So he, you can understand, he's making Prabhupada and Guru Mars laugh. They also have a sense of humor. But Gurudev has this Gaudiya ontological gopi type humor that makes the senior Vaisnavas giggle. Because he has a special insight to what brings joy to their hearts. And uh, as Babaji Maharaj actually, he told Guru Maharaj to give special attendu, attention to Gorindu Brahmachari. Gorindu Brahmachari told Guru Maharaj, this ab after living with Swami Maharaj, he said, this Abhaya Babu, he's more than millions of yogis. So that they're all, we have that picture we sometimes call Holy Trinity, where you see Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj in the same Vyasa son and Gurudev at the side singing the Kam Pratikatayatam slok to praise Prabhupada. So three extraordinary, they're all from the same zone. You know, what is that? Brazamanana, Bahukanana, Bahu. Gorima Guna Hari Kamala Priyanayanam Gorima Guna Manjari Guna Manjari Gorima Guna Hari Basana Bayanam. So Prabhupada he asked Guru Maharaj for sannyas. And you think, well, why without hesitation you give them, right? And Guru Maharaj is thinking, his family will hate me. When he gave the Goswami Maharaj, oh he's gonna mention. He was a householder. 
Gromers went on a mission to his house, preached to him for like 10 days. And at the end, he took sannyas, because he was going to begin initiating. And there was a man, it's considered the disciple, gave the guru sannyas. He named this boy uh, Krishnajan or Vishnujan, one or the other. And his conclusion was, he said, this boy is willing to give up the world for me, then I must give up the world for him. So Gurumaraj became very unpopular with Goswami Maharaj's former wife. Because he went there to, give, to break the household bind, and, and he was successful. When he left, Goswami Maharaj was now a sannyasi. So his wife was angry at Guru Maharaj. And then Guru Maharaj is thinking, now Swami Maharaj's relatives are going to be angry at him. He said, maybe wait for some time. And, but Swami Maharaj was on fire. And finally, Keshava Maharaj consented. And Swami Maharaj living in Vrindavan, as we just saw recently, Radha Damodar Temple. Uh, and there are those who say on his altar was a picture of Guru Maharaj. But there he gets the inspiration. He's working on his books. When I used to be at Iskand Press, I used to go in the archives sometimes. And I'd read his manuscripts, unpublished manuscripts. And I always wondered why on the other side was written all this just like mundane commercial nonsense. He had so little money, he would buy used paper. In India, they don't throw anything away. So it was paper that had already been typed on, so it's cheaper. That's what he typed his books on. Because you're like reading, Sukadev Goswami says the, you know. Then you turn the other side and it says, your commercial invoice, then do receipt has been, you know. Then I realized, oh, just read every other page. So he couldn't even buy, we talk about buying ink for the printer. He couldn't even buy paper. So, anyway, it didn't stop him. Like, my Yogi Maharaj was reminding me on the phone this morning what we did without any money. Uh, he said, so what to speak of, what we could do if we had some funding? I said, well, Abu Dut Maharaj is providing the funding. So then we need to do something. Prabhupada once said in New York, he knew how to prod the American ego. And he'd say things like, uh, you are an American. You must do something big for Krishna. Otherwise, what is the benefit of being an American? <laughs> and different things like that. So, uh, from Vrindavan, we know, he writes, prints those books. I got one in the used bookstore in San Francisco. I've told that story. As near City Lights bookstore in North Beach. It's the one first, we would call them the brown volumes. It's what he printed in India and brought to America. And I'm reading it, and it's the third volume, the first canto. And it leads up to Sukadeva Goswami's entrance and Parikit Maharaj asking the question, what is the duty of one in life specifically for one about to die? And I'm like so excited. I'm on the edge of my chair. And then it says, thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports to the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. I, I went insane. 
and ran out of the hotel room to that bookstore and I said, I need the next volume. The guy says, I don't have it. You know, and I said, you're kidding. I said, who's, and I look at the publisher and it says, League of Devotees, New Delhi. And the guy goes, you could write to the publisher. I said, are you kidding? You, you're suggesting I write a letter to the League of Devotees in New Delhi, India, about getting the next volume? I said, I have to read it like tonight. So I was really devastated. But I've, the temple, soon Prabhupada started printing Bhagavatam chapters so that the ISKCON press would print something. And that one's called the, was a little pamphlet booklet called The First Step in God Realization. So I got to read it later, but it was like after I joined. By that time I had many other books of Prabhupada. So anyway, you definitely awakened some interest in me. <laughs> and I was telling somebody too, at that time there's so many bogus gurus on the circuit in the 60s. Particularly one comes to mind, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. The Beatle of the Gurus and Mia Farrow and Donovan and so many others. And he used to sit like on an asan with covered in flowers and twirling a flower and giggling like. <laughs> and they would ask him some question and he'd go, in transcendental meditation, <laughs> a mantram is a word of a meaningless sound of which the effect is known. <laughs> you know, and like, these are the kind of people you would see. And I thought, this isn't right. I'm not laughing. So when I went on 518 Frederick Street in Haight-Ashbury to the Sri Sri Radha Krishna Temple, when I entered like this, there was a Vyasa sun, and that very picture was on it. But it's taken by Gurudas in that place. What he said was, Prabhupada was just sitting there chanting Java and telling me, all right, like, oh, move Prabhupada, talking about, move Prabhupada's picture over there, uh, put that picture of Krishna here, move, he's telling everyone what to do. They just moved in. And Gurudas, who's a great photographer and artist, he saw, oh, this is an extraordinary picture. And just like put a little cloth or something and said, Prabhupada, can I take your, you know? And Prabhupada just. And when I went in there and saw that picture, I thought, this is Guru. His grave. He's not smiling and giggling, laughing like a jackass about anything and everything. People think spiritual life is the person with the biggest smile on their face. Two types of devotees I've, never, I've always had reservations about. The ones that are in a never-ending state of bliss, they're always smiling. And the ones who don't say anything, they never say anything. They all, both are troubled people. Him. Anyway, when I saw Prabhupada, like when someone tried not to speak in the presence of Guru Maharaj, saying, Guru Maharaj said, last time you came you didn't say anything. You just listened. What about this time? And that person, 
was Kirtan Ananda Maharaj. He said, oh, a fool remains undetected so long he does not speak. Which was a clever answer. And, but Guru Maharaj's answer was even better. He said, but your name is Kirtan Ananda. So you must make some Kirtan, some joyful sound and praise of Guru Vaishnava Radha Govinda. So anyway, when I saw Prabhupada, I thought, this is Guru, like Guru said, heavier than the, I thought, what is he experiencing? That I want to know. And I began studying his books very uh, uh, intensely. I learned his Pranam Mantram, the, sannyas, the Pranam Mantram of Saraswati Thakur, and uh, started chanting four rounds every day for some mysterious reason, two in the morning and two in the evening. Sometimes I'd chant more, like if I was hitchhiking, but at least two in the morning, two in the evening, and reading the books. My readings were always preceded by the pranam mantras of Srila Prabhupada and Saraswati Tagore and concluded with them. So they became meaningful and Anyway, it's not a, this is not a story about me, but uh, Prabhupada, he says, Vyabhasayatmika buddhi ekeha kurunandana. That Gita slok, Chakravarti Thakur's commentary, that the disciples' uh, life is only meaningful in pursuit of the order of Guru. That's what he took away from that. So Saraswati Thakur said, preach Krishna consciousness in the English-speaking countries. That was his mantra. That was his, you know, mantra, japa, tapa, everything is that. So, he could have just happily stayed in Vrindavan, taking Krishna Nam, visiting the holy places, but not Prabhupada. He's thinking, paradukaduki, the world's suffering for want of Krishna consciousness. He's just, you know, bhyavasayatmika buddhi. This is all he can think, he's consumed by the order of Saraswati Thakur. So, he risk everything to do that, including his life. That's why the lady, lady Sumati Murarji, she owns a Stinge uh, ocean liner company. It's nothing for, they have like six cabins. It's nothing for her to give one to anybody. It costs nothing. The reason she's telling, you know, getting out of it is she thinks he's going to die on the journey and she'll have the death of a sadhu on her hands. That's why she's saying, oh, I don't think it. She's giving all kinds of excuses. Till finally, Krishna gives some inspiration in her heart to say yes. And so Prabhupada goes, and we know he has heart attacks in the middle of the ocean. And uh, he has a dream where Krishna says, don't worry, Abhai. Because Abai means fearless. I've taken over the boat. And the captain writes in his log, the ocean suddenly turned into a pond. 
no waves. He said, I, I've been sailing for 30 years and I've never seen this. Just a boat going through still water to not put Prabhupada in difficulty so he can recover from the heart attack. So that's what it means, Atmani Vedanam. <coughs> he offered himself on the altar of self-sacrifice, like die to live, literally and metaphorically, and Gurmars, then divine power had to come down. Like Krishna is saying, how far will he take it? In the middle of the ocean, the middle of nowhere, he's dying from a heart attack. Then divine power comes down. Takes control of the boat, the ocean, the whole thing, and then he arrives in New York. And he writes those two poems, one, very in, one external, one internal. The external one about preaching, Markine Dharma, Bhagavata Dharma and Markina Lok in America. And the internal one, Prayer to the Lotus Feet of Krishna, which only Guru Maharaj could interpret. And he said, in this poem, because in the poem, uh, he's saying, when will I again be playing with you in the cowherd pastures of Vrindavan? And you and I will be playing, rolling, frolicking, wrestling, and sharing lunch together. It's obviously a Sakyarasa type poem. My friend, and, and many other things. I uh, intuited these things before Guru Maharaj and ran them by him for confirmation. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that right now. But in the poem, Guru Maharaj is saying, because Radharani is considered guru, and Saraswati Thakur's guru, and by extension, Radharani's delegation. So, as a, like, Priyanarma cowherd, saying to Krishna, I know your inner desires. You want the company of Radhika, who is my guru. So she's given some service, an order to me, some service. If you, my dear Krishna, will help me fulfill that order, then she'll be pleased with you and you'll get her association. So Prabhupada made the Krishna the ultimate offer that cannot be refused. He enlisted Krishna and the, who, who you want to have on your team, Arjun? You only need Krishna. All you need is Krishna. Krishna Prem. All you need is love. So he gets Krishna to do the work. How genius is that? He's saying, I'm unqualified. And what did he say in the other poem? You must have brought me here for a reason. <laughs> like, like the Chinese going to India, they're thinking, what have we got ourselves into? Prabhupada in New York. Like, you must have brought me here for a reason. And then he said, so, I'm your puppet. If you brought me here to dance, then let the dance begin. Make me dance, make me dance, oh Lord, make me dance. And it says, sign, the insignificant. It says, signed, the insignificant beggar. 
um, you know, AC Bhaktivedanta, like that. These things are real. So, and it takes an expert like Guru Maharaj to identify that. So he said, at that point in the ocean, when he offers himself on the altar of self-sacrifice, die to live, as Gormars is always telling, personified, metaphorically, literally, then divine power comes down. And then Gormars gets more specific. Nityananda. Why? And again, these things, some of these things, I intuited before. And then I ran it by Guru Maharaj, and he not only accepted it as being uh, correct and substantial, but he filled in, you know, as only he can, details. And what came to me in the last few years was that there's a famous sloka in the Mahabharata that we interpret as a cryptic, uh, encrypted reference to the appearance of Mahaprabhu, famous sloka, Suvarna Barna He Mango, He Mango, Chandan Chandanagadi, Barangas Chandanagadi, Sanyasa Krich, Santo, Nityam Shanti Parayana. Anyway, I, I forgot my, but so. It's saying Suvarna Varna. He's in the golden category. Hemanga, all his limbs are golden. Uh, chandan, uh, Barangas Chandana, he's covered in Chandan. Sanyasa Krishnamat Shanto, he, he accepts the renounced order of life. The Nishta Shanti Parayana, and you know, saves the world. So it occurred to me. As I remember Prabhupada, when, and I've told this before, and you can, I saw a lady by the Kadi Bhavan on Siara, Siara, on Chittaranjan Avenue. The, uh, the people who live on the street, so here's the Kadi Bhavan, then out in the street, you know, there's people who live there. This is Calcutta. So like the mom, daughter, and baby. And the mother's now going to take care of her baby the way her mom did her. And I mean, I was, my jaw was open. There's this little baby. And this woman's pouring mustard oil on the baby and working it into the baby like the way you make puri dough. And her mother's like beaming. I mean, they're like taking this kid, you know, and, and, and the baby's going like, I mean, I'm not talking about a little bit. Like, it was if you dipped the baby in mustard oil and, then, and repeatedly dipped, you know, in a vat of mustard oil. And I was going, no wonder they love mustard oil so much. It reminds them, and being massaged with mustard oil, it reminds them of their mother's gentle, loving, affectionate touch. So like Gurudev, he gets massaged with mustard oil every day around this time before his bath. It's a Bengali thing. I thought it was funny. In Russia, when Paramahansa Maharaj was cooking once, and they're making all this stuff, and then he pulls this little bottle out of his pocket, look with some like golden liquid in it, and he went like, and someone went, what's that? He said, champagne. 
So it's like champagne for Bengalis. So what I mean to say is there was that, but that would be an external thing. But sometimes when you looked at Prabhupada, it's, and you can see if he was backlit, he looked golden. His skin looked a little, somewhat translucent. There was so much spiritual radiance in him, the intensity of Krishna being seated, like he's a Shaktavesh avatar. And we can say, well, in principle, everybody, not like that. That's what Guru Maharaj is saying. Divine power came down. So when you looked at him, were, was Nityananda Prabhu on the other side looking out at you, gracing you with his glance? There was something super extraordinary going on inside. A, a super extra glow. Not just a radiant person, something otherworldly. So Suvarnavarna, he looked golden, all of his limbs, but the Suvarnavarna are the gold merchants of Calcutta. Businessmen, day, he came in that line. And those people are favorite to Nityananda Prabhu. He likes those people for his own reason. So anyone in that line, Nityananda Prabhu likes them. They have some special connection. Prabhupada was initiated by the Nityananda Bangsa when he was a kid. He once went to get these pictures for Golden Volcano, me and Vidagda. And we found the place where they have them. And uh, so, they worship these two pictures. So naturally we want to, I want to buy them, but I mean, you know, it's like, you know, they say, no, but can we take pictures? They let us take pictures. But while we're there, these are Nityananda Bhanksha's. Their belief, like when we're there, the man's, they're all Prabhupada. Like it's almost like their family name. So I'm talking to a man, why is there his little toddlers crawling? I go, oh, who's that? He goes, Sukadev Prabhupada. I go, hi, Sukadev Prabhupada. <laughs> you know, like, Sukadev Prabhupada. Oh, nice to meet you. Anyway, they think that Prabhupada was successful because they initiated him when he was a kid. That's where the power comes from. Guru Maharaj, would just laugh and say anything's possible, like uh, in terms of seeing things. It's all hypnotism. Some say Mahaprabhu went in the Tota Gopinath, some say he went in the sea, others say Inner Jagannath, he went in. Guru said he may have shown differently to different people. So they think his worldwide success is due to being initiated in the Nityananda Bhanksha line. It's okay, it's all good. Right? We know otherwise, though. But still, it's a complicated subject. So that, that they love, Nityananda Prabhu loves the people in this family line. That's why you see in the Charitamrita, Mahaprabhu will say, like, he loves even a dog from, what's the place called? Kanda, Kandi, where they bring the ropes every year for Ratyatra. Anyway, it's there. So that's why you have to be careful how you deal with these folks. And Vrindavan once, there was only one, I, I was discovering the truth sort of accidentally. I was wondering, where's Mahaprabhu? 
there was only one temple called Goranga Mahaprabhu. And I went there once and I got to know those people. And they're showing me like some family photos because there's this big Goranga, he's like his tall, you know. And then <laughs> they show me a picture of their uncle and he's like, he's got his arm around the deity, you know. And I'm like, and they go, he had friendly relation with Mahaprabhu. <laughs> you know, I go, wow, they're really friendly. <laughs> and they're just kind of sweet people. Like, that's his idea. Like, I mean, he's, you know, just bow down and go back to the mat. So, Suvarnavarna, he's in that group who is favored by Nityananda Prabhu. Nityananda Prabhu's Shakta base comes down and empowers him. Hey Manga, his limbs are golden. And what else? Barangas, Baranganda Chandanagadi. If anybody was ever covered in Chandan, sandalwood pulp, in the history of the universe, it's Prabhupada. Because I can understand his head. There's a lot going on in there. His brain is like shed, load shedding. Heat is coming out of his brain, making his head very hot. So every day after he gets the bath and everything, they make a giant pile of sandalwood pulp with rose water, sandalwood, and uh, saffron. And then they just put it all over his head. He'd put it on his chest, on his arms, everywhere to just try and keep a cool head. And on the Kunti lecture, Malaya Sieva Chandanam, that faint Maya, no, what is it? Anyway, Malaya Sieva Chandanam is the last line. She says, you appear in the Yadu dynasty like the sound of what appears in the Malaya hills. It sounds like a commercial. He's talking about sound of it, and he goes, keeps you cool, calm, the whole day. <laughs> So he's also covered in sandalwood. Then sannyasa krit chamachan. He gives up, family, takes sannyas, nishta shanti parayana, and he saves the world. And the word shanti is there, peace. Nishta, nishta also. On the diary, I was looking in the ISKCON press archives one day, and I find this little white book, and I open it up. It's his diary. And I go, wow. And I had the good sense then. I mean, I mean, I should just admit it. When I said I was looking through it, the guy in charge, my boss, was gone. So what I was doing was naughty. I'm going through the archives when nobody's around. I will do that. If I stay in your house, if you leave, I'll check out all your stuff and probably break a few things along the way. It happens. I didn't break any of Prabhupada's stuff. But anyway, I'm looking in the book. Starts off, because they gave them to the passengers for your journey. He's got like grocery list, then they go to South India, Sri Lanka, he's got, and, but then, it, then I see like the real stuff. One says, I am feeling very much separation from Vrindavan and my worshipable lords, Radha Damodar, Radha Govinda, Radha Gopinath, now so far away from Vrindavan, I depend exclusively on their mercy. Then another one. 
Daily I am relishing the nectarine of Chait Sri Chaitanya Leela, which is the source of all my vitality. He's reading Charitamritam. Then he has the heart attack and you see these gash on the pages. Nothing for like three days, maybe two heart attacks. And then he says, Today the ship is plying smoothly. Remember the captain said it's now like a pond? Now he's coming back to life. And he said, uh, uh, I made some bati chachari. That thing we like to have. Bengali comfort food. And he starts getting his strength back. And that's after, if you wanted to pinpoint it, the Shaktavesh descent. And anyway, so that, oh, and oh, what I mean to say, is on the top of the diary is a running head. Remember, the ship, the name of the ship is Jaladuta, which means water messenger. And the running head at the top of the diary says, we carry India's message of peace and goodwill. These things cannot be an accident. People talk about miracles and all of this stuff. These things are, the, the ship called the Jaladuta, the water messenger, carries India's message of peace and goodwill, Nishta Shanti Parayana, that the whole world can take shelter of. As that astrologer said, looking, he can build a house in which the whole world can take shelter. So, oh, anyway, so, all these things are continually, um, so what I'm saying in conclusion is, this sloka, just as all those things I just told you are not an accident, uh, what is expressed in the Mahabharata sloka, mystically, perfectly, is also about Mahaprabhu's appearance, is equally applicable to Srila Prabhupada. That's what I'm trying to say. Jai Om Vishnupad Paramahansa Pariprajaka Charjasatarasa Sri Srimaj Srila Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Thiroba Mahamahotsavatiti Ki Jai Sri Krishna Balaram Mandir Ki Jai uh, International Society for Krishna Consciousness Ki Jai uh, The devotees, they always, when they, they're going to do a temple or something, they go, we're going to make a Vedic temple. We're going to make one like at the Mott with nine domes. We're going to do, you know, we're going to have elephants and, you know, peacocks. And we're going to do it just like they did in Jaipur. We're going to do it like Manasaganga. We're going to, you know. And they asked Prabhupada, what did he want? He said, a glass skyscraper. That's what I want. I want a glass skyscraper that says Hare Krishna on it. <laughs> and he got it too. So, everyone, every man, woman and child who is either a member or aspiring member of the Krishna Consciousness Movement uh, has a debt and gratitude expressed to His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, that He came out of the room 
Jiva Goswami's Radhadamadar temple, Paradukaduki, seeing the people suffering for want of Krishna consciousness. And Gurudev used to say, even with all of his success, 26, whatever, world tours, he would say, we're still taking Swami Maharaj's prasad. For better, for worse, every movement, what to speak of this kind, every other Gaudiya mission or movement that exists, for better or for worse, is led by his disciples, including this one, the Chaitanya Sarasvatmat. This is an undeniable, inescapable fact. Every Gaudiya institution, even a bogus one, will be led by his followers and disciples. No one can dis dispute this fact today, including Sri Chaitanya Saraswatmat. So, what is Krishna's plan and idea behind all of this? Guru Maharaj would say sometimes the ISKCON, he'd say, there's Prabhupada who he is and the Prabhupada of your imagination and you're busy defending that. That's why it says in Sri Guru and His Grace, Right, here's Raghunath Das Goswami's conception of this kind. Is he a member? You know, so he said, I knew about this kind like before you were born. We would discuss this. He offered the presidency to me. Right? Prabhupada wanted Guru Maharaj to be the president and he'd be the secretary. The secretary, like the secretary of the Communist Party, is actually the head person. The secretary in, in, Indian, in any Indian organization is the one who, that's why Srila Govindamar is as happy as the secretary of Chaitanya Saraswat Mahat. With Guru Maharaj the Acharya, Govindamar is the secretary. It means he's doing everything. And he said, ironically, after he became the Acharya, he said it turned into democracy. Whereas when he was the secretary of Chaitanya Saraswat Mahat, he was a dictator. Because whatever he wanted, Guru Maharaj would stamp it and back it. Now he had to like delicately uh, deal with his disciples. He said, now it's democracy. He had more freedom when he was the secretary of the Mott. But the secretary is always the shaker, mover position. And the acharya is more the, I mean, the, not just figurehead, but Gurumar says the position of an acharya is a brahminical one. An acharya is supposed to be dealing with scriptures. Achinotiya Shastratam. It's not like Guru Maharaj made this up. You know, read the Acharya definition. Achinotiya Shastratam. What does an Acharya do? He extracts the inner meaning of the scripture. That's what he does. He gives fresh interpretation. That's what his job is. Management, money, all these other things, that is deputed to others who are qualified. At least understand what the ideal is. So for Swamiraj, he wanted Guru Maharaj to be the Acharya and he'll be the secretary and organize all these other things. But we know Guru Maharaj is hesitating so many other things. But at least that should be understood. He's always getting Guru Maharaj, when Gandhi and Nehru were in Calcutta, 
Swamiraj went to Gurmar and said, come on, you and I, let's go over there and talk to them right now and convince them of the importance of Mahaprabhu's movement. He's that kind of person. So, Hare Krishna. We have some flowers? Oh, and then I can go back to the first thing I said right now. Because on the Tirobab we offer some chant the pranam and offer the flowers. So, the pranam, usually a qualified disciple should write the pranam. In the case of Guru Mars, he had Gurudev. In the case of others, they don't have qualified disciples, to be quite blunt. So I said, as difficult as it is to connect with the Satguru in this world, how rare it is, there's a slogan that says, it's even more rare to find a qualified disciple. So Guru Mars had a qualified disciple. I mean, qualified in every respect. Srila Govinda Maharaj, so he could compose Devam Divya Tanum Suchanda Vadanam Balaka Chelanjitam. Prabhupada didn't have any, so he used the generic uh, Namam Vishnu Padaya mantra, uh, and where they insert the Guru's name. That's what's usually done. But they didn't do it. Prabhupada's not a Sanskrit scholar either, it's off by a syllable. And it doesn't have Prabhupada in it. This says, Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Iti Namine. Shortest syllable, but a day late and a dollar short, a dollar short and a day late. Shortest syllable and doesn't have Prabhupada. So, who but Srila Gurudev, the ever perfect disciple of even Swami Maharaj, he not only composes one, but four, but we'll just do the one now. He says, Namaum Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prastaya Bhutale, Swami Sri Bhaktivedanta, Prabhu Padaya Te Namaha. He made it even better than the one they all sing. Because it's got the right syllables and it includes Prabhupada. So who's Prabhupada's follower? Who's a Prabhupada man now? Anyway, that's all I have to say. Now we'll offer the flowers. Hare Krishna.